Good morning, good morning. Praise the Lord. Happy Sunday on this beautiful day we have. The rain has passed, thank God, and we're just cloudy outside right now. It's been kind of raining all weekend, but uh, we're, we're so glad that you are here this morning, um, and we are excited about what God is doing uh, in our midst. We're believing God for uh, the continued uh, growth of making disciples as we are as a, a little church beginning to minister to people and make those disciples, I want to encourage you to continue to do that, and, um, and God will use you. You don't need to be a scholar to do that, so continue to be faithful and, and sharing the, your faith with others and then making disciples as the Great Commission has been given to us to do. Um, we want to honor uh, those who have, uh, in our military, who have uh, this is a Memorial Day weekend, and Monday we celebrate that as a nation of, of our country. We remember our soldiers who have fought in the wars to keep us and to have us, uh, to keep our liberty, to be able to uh, protect us from enemies abroad and uh, those who are working to protect us from any enemies within. And so we just want to remember them, and we salute you in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for your sacrifice. Um, and thank you for those who have sacrificed, who's given their all. They gave their life, and we remember them. We thank God for them. Because of those men and women who served in our military, um, we have, we've been able to continue to enjoy the fruits of, their li of liberty. We've been able to continue to, to have this country, and so we're so grateful. And if you know someone who's in the military, you have a loved one in it, just thank them for their service. Pray for them. Pray for their families, those who are currently serving. Pray for their loved ones, wives, children, Lord, uh, as they miss their parents uh, being away from them. Just lift them up before the Lord and, and that God will be with them through, their pro through the times of their training and, and potential being in, in different missions. Be praying for them. Um, let's pray as we get ready to start this morning. Father, we love you. We thank you uh, for this opportunity to come together to worship and magnify the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. Our soon and coming King, the one who is going to make all the wrongs right, the one who is going to rule with righteousness and justice. Hallelujah. And uh, Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, we thank you for the promise, the blessed hope that we have as believers uh, that one day the redemption of our bodies, that one day we will be resurrected with the Lord and be with him forever, that we will no longer taste death or, or sickness or disease, Lord, but we will be like you. Uh, we will have those glorified bodies that you promised. And so, Lord, even as we're going through what we're going through in this world, we trust that you're going to have your way. Lord, I pray that you would speak to every person who is listening uh, on the podcast, on the YouTube channel, on Rumble, uh, on Facebook, Lord, wherever they find themselves right now, in their car, in their home, uh, maybe they're listening at their job uh, as they're working, Lord, may the Holy Spirit captivate their hearts and bring about a revival for those who are believers, repentance for those who are lost and salvation. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray that you would empower me now, Lord, to speak the word of God fearlessly as I should, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So uh, we uh, last time we were together, we were not together last week. Uh, we had uh, 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 a trip we had to make, and so we were not able to be with you last week. Um, but um, anyway, we're back today. And prior to that was Mother's Day, and we, we talked about lessons from our mothers, uh, where the scripture uh, uh, 
uh, excuse me, King Lemuel was given a, a proverb from his mother that he was taught by her in order to be able to understand some things. And God had given this woman wisdom to share with her son. And uh, these are our mothers always give us the, those those nuggets of wisdom to help us as we're going through um, life. And so anyway, um, today we come back to the book of Daniel. I want to go back to chapter seven. So if you have your Bible, turn to Daniel chapter seven. That's where we're going to be today. Um, Daniel chapter seven. I want us to to get back into this. Um, I can't recap everything. Uh, if you if you don't know what it is, you can simply go back to. Uh, the message is called God's Perspective of the Four World Empires. Uh, and you, can, you can check that out on our YouTube channel, Rumble, or also our Facebook uh, page. You can look it up and watch that message. That was a couple weeks ago. And you can uh, catch up on where we are today, but I, I don't have time to go in through all of that. So if you want that, just go ahead and uh, find that. And also, if you're watching on any of these platforms, please hit the subscribe button, the follow and we'll, you'll be able to get these messages uploaded and on the podcast you want to follow. And uh, leave, a, leave a comment as well. We'd love to hear from you. If you need prayer, please leave a comment in, in, one, of those, in, the, in one of those platforms so that we can be praying for you as a church. Or even if you just want to say, man, thank you for that word. It was what it meant to you or what God has spoken to you concerning what was, what was said. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, let's get going. So we're back in Daniel, Daniel chapter 7. And in this chapter, uh, Daniel um, has a dream that God is revealing to Daniel. Um, In this dream, God is revealing his perspective of the four world empires slash kingdoms and the final kingdom that is the everlasting kingdom. Amen. So we find in this moment, Daniel is having his own dreams because uh, remember in Daniel chapter two, Daniel was given the interpretation and the that was given the dream and the interpretation of that dream that King Nebuchadnezzar had. So it wasn't just that King Nebuchadnezzar told him the dream. No, God revealed what the dream was because the king, remember, if you remember Daniel chapter 2, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar didn't want to tell anyone the, the dream. He wanted people to tell him. He wanted his, uh, you know, astrologers, his, his uh, sorcerers, all these type of people, the, the wise of his land, to tell him the dream and its interpretation. And if they wouldn't, he would tear them limb from limb and their families. So this was uh, uh, just a moment where Daniel had to pray and fast with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They, they came together and they asked God to reveal to them the dream and its interpretation. And God did so. And as a result, uh, God had revealed to King Nebuchadnezzar, a pagan king, had revealed to him the, the empires of the world, what would happen in the world from his time until the end. And what an awesome moment Daniel has, and he records it for us to have today in 2023. And so I want to remind you of that dream. Go with me to Daniel chapter 2, verses 31 through 35. Again, Daniel chapter 2, verses 31 through 35. I want you to see uh, this dream that Nebuchadnezzar had and um, Daniel here is telling him the dream. Um, so I'm, I'm going through that part first. So I want you to see this with me uh, there in Daniel chapter 2, verse 31 through 35. And it says here, You saw, O king, and behold, a great image, this image mighty and exceedingly brightness, 
of exceedingly, exceeding brightness stood before you, and its appearance was frightening. The head of this image was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its middle and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. As you looked, a stone was cut out by no human hand, and it struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold all together were broken in pieces and became like the, ch the chaff of the summer threshing floors, and the wind carried them away, so that not a trace of them could be found. But the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This was the dream. Uh, this, uh, th that'll end there. Anyway, though, this is Daniel. Uh, interpreting or, or giving the king his dream that he saw, telling him what he saw, and, and then he's going to go into the interpretation after that. And so this dream, though, we, we're going to see a difference here today. I want to kind of remind you of this, that the dream that King Nebuchadnezzar had was a dream that it was man's perspective of these empires that would be. Uh, this was man's point of view versus God's point of view that we're going to get in chapter 7. Now Daniel get, has a dream and it's God's point of view of what these empire, world empires are and look like to him. And he's describing that to us. And in this dream, it is man's, uh, man, uh, man's perspective of their empires as seen. What they see is a, is a mighty image, is a, a brilliant image. They see a, a, a greatness about this image. And King Nebuchadnezzar saw an image of precious metals and that stood tall and magnificent. It wasn't just, you know, any kind of image. It was a magnificent image. And, and, and what is it about us uh, as human mankind? We, we think that our stuff is so awesome, right? Uh, and, and yet we're, 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 we're not, we're finite creatures. We're, we, we're, we're but dust and we think too highly of ourselves and, and we create these massive empires and, and yet, uh, that we, when we see them, we see them as something mighty and great and that's something that our hands have built. But we have to remember that God allowed these empires to come about. God allowed these things to take place. And without him allowing it, none of it would happen. King Nebuchadnezzar would not have taken Israel if God would not have allowed him to. If God would have uh, intervened in that moment, there would be no Babylon empire. There would be no moment for Ab uh, the Babylonian empire to take captive Israel. They could not be able to do it. But see, God has a plan and God in his plan, he allows things to take place in order to bring about his purpose on the earth. And so, again, this is man's perspective um, and, and man's perspective of the final kingdom. That is the stone cut out without human hands destroys mankind's empires and kingdoms to powder and then blown away. In other words, they see this wonderful image just get crushed and pummeled into powder. And it's frightening to man. And, and so man knows that we, you know, even in our time today, people know that uh, kingdoms, empires, uh, governments, they're, they're here today. They're gone tomorrow. Leaders rise up and fall. We see uh, kingdom rise against kingdom. We see all kinds of things in our world today. Um, and yet we understand that... It, we understand this, but our pride doesn't let us see it fully. But we understand that everything comes to an end that's of the earth. It's not eternal. Uh, there are kingdoms. There are leadership 
uh, that come and they go. People, we're but, we're but dust. We're gonna, from the dust we are and dust we're going to return, the Bible tells us. That man is but dust. Like the grass that withers. That's what man is like. We're here for a moment and we're gone. Just like that. And so uh, let's read Daniel chapter 7, our main text. I want you to see this. Um, God's perspective of this kingdom. So let's start in verse 1. It says, Daniel chapter 7, and we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 14. It says, In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel saw a dream and visions of his head as he lay in his bed. Then he wrote down the dream and told the sum of the matter. Daniel declared, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea. And four great beasts came up out of the sea, different from one another. The first was like a lion and, and had eagle's wings. Then as I looked, its wings were plucked off, and it was lifted up from the ground and made to stand on two feet like a man. And the, man, and the mind of a man was given to it. And behold, another beast, second, a second one, like a bear. It was raised up on one side. It had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth, and it was told, Arise, devour much flesh. After this I looked, and behold, another like a leopard, with four wings of a bird on its back, and the beast had four heads. And, the domi and, it, and dominion was given to it. After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, terrifying and dreadful, exceedingly strong. It had great iron teeth, it devoured and broke in pieces and stamped what was left with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another horn, a little one, before which three, before which three of the first horns were plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. As I look, thrones were placed, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was white as snow, and his hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was fiery flames, its wheels were burning fire. A stream of fire issued and came out from before him. A thousand thousand served him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court sat in judgment, and the books were opened. And I looked, then because of the sound of the great words that the horn was speaking. And as I looked, the beast was killed and its body destroyed and given over to be burned with a fire. And as the rest of the beast, their dominion was taken away, but their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. I saw in the night visions and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like the son of man. He came to the ancient of days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory, a kingdom and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, dominion which should not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. Hallelujah. And so that is the reading of God's word. We see Daniel uh, having this dream, and I, I want to go into this. We, I want to remind you of a couple things. Uh, Again, when you and you saw in the first couple verses, the four winds of heaven uh, that is speaking of the four cardinal points of a compass, north, south, east and west. Uh, 
the 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 four uh, great beasts. Um, they represent the great kings and kingdoms that Daniel is talking about there. We're going to see those interpretations as we get there. Remember those empires again was the Babylonian Empire was the first uh, kingdom, the Medo-Persian Empire, the Grecian Empire, which was Alexander the Great's Empire, the Roman Empire, and part two of the Roman Empires, we, as we as Christians call it, the revived Roman Empire. So we see uh, here these things. Uh, when, you, when you think about the Great Sea, remember uh, the Great Sea, it's, it's speaking of a location as well. Um, and, and it's the Mediterranean Sea, which is the geographical location of the nations in the dream. So when, when you think about it, if you, if you just look on a map and you see the Mediterranean Sea, you see all the nations that surround that sea. That is where uh, this little horn and these kings are going to come from, these nations that are near the Mediterranean Sea. So we see all of this happening uh, this, uh, you know, the sea in the Bible writing can represent the nations and specifically Gentile nations. So we, we talked about that last week, uh, the last time we were together. Uh, the ten horns represent ten kings who are leaders. You can go uh, as we go on. We're going to see the interpretation of that. I just wanted you to remember that those are what that means. So you don't over, uh, I guess, over spiritualize things or, uh, you know, in the sense, sometimes people take things too far. But really, this is what it means. If you look at that map and you see all the nations and, and, and the sea being stirred is meaning of the Gentile nations that surround Israel by the Mediterranean Sea, you're going to see how all of these nations that are there, that is where all these Gentile nations or kingdoms are going to come from. And uh, of course, we, saw, we see that through history. And now we're looking back and we're seeing how history unfolded. We're looking back at what happened and we're looking in the present to the future of what is to come, that final revived Roman Empire. We're seeing it formulate right before our eyes today. And so um, I want you to understand that, that we're seeing this taking place in our world today. Let me back up here a minute on my notes. So now we're looking at this, God's perspective is that, you know, man's perspective was a beautiful image. God's perspective is that every empire of man, is he describes it as a beast that devours everything. That whatever it touches, it kills, it destroys. Uh, isn't that about us as men? We, Because of our sinful nature, we're self-destructive. Apart from God, we're self-destructive. We, uh, we're, we're doing this. Why is this? Why, why is man self-destructive? Why is man evil? What, what, what is it about man's uh, nature that is the problem. Well, simply put, it is it is mankind's sin. Sin is the problem. Sin is why we see what is going on in our world today. Um, all the things that we we see, we can we can understand. This was happening from the very beginning. You see, man in his sin, his pride, man choosing to create its own utopia. Mankind is looking to create its own utopia. And become one and becoming one is a direct violation of God's command. They want to create this utopia where we become one, where everything is one. Just like in the, the Tower of Babel, they, God had commanded in Genesis. Uh, I want you to see this in Genesis. God commanded man to be fruitful 
and to multiply and to fill the earth. I want you to know that God's message to mankind is never to depopulate, but it is to populate the earth. It is never to reduce population, but to fill and multiply in the earth. That is God's message and God's command to mankind. And yet we have, uh, we have leaders of this world. We have people in, in very high positions of power in this world who have much influence because of their money and those things. And they are creating ways to be able to depopulate the earth. We've seen in, in communist China where they, have, they had a depopulation in their country where they couldn't have as many, uh, they could not have certain amount of women or, or boys, boys or girls. And, and as a result of that, there's also going to be some problems because uh, if there are not enough women to marry, what's going to happen to those boys who have no woman? Okay, so there's some, there's some very challenging things. When, when man begins to say, I'm wiser than God, I know more than God, I'm going to do it this way, here's where we have a, a, a place maybe potentially where there are more men than there are women, and therefore what happens? You die off. As I mentioned before, uh, creative order, God placed a man and a woman to be together for life in order to populate, to be fruitful, and to fill this earth. And if you take men and men and put them on an island, they're going to die. They're not going to be able to reproduce. They're not going to be able to fill the earth. If you take women and women and put them all together in an island, two women, and put them together, they will die. Why? Because creative order, God has created man and woman to complement each other and to fill his purpose on this earth, to be fruitful and to multiply and to have godly offspring. You see, God has a plan and God's plan has not changed. It doesn't matter how many people are in the world today. God is the one in control. God is the one who says when it's time for us to die, when it's time for, how, how, when it's time for someone to be born. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. But man wants to be in control. That is the pride of man, man's desire to be in control. Listen, Genesis 1.28 says this. Again, Genesis 1.28, I want you to see this. It says, this is God's command to mankind when, when he spoke to Adam. And God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. You see, God calls us to be fruitful, to multiply and to fill the earth. You see, uh, we live in a world that that says we don't want to have children. They're they're inconvenience to us. They, you know, we have industry we have an industry in in the world that is 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 mission is to kill babies and is to use those and not only we've already found out recently uh it's been known but it had to be revealed but we've we know that not only are they killing babies but they're taking those parts of those children in order to do experiments on them to find out how they can uh further an adult's life Interesting, we take a life to try to further someone else's life. I don't see how that's just or righteous. I think I'm going to let God decide who lives and dies, not man. I think that's the proper way because God is just and holy. The Bible says God is light in him. There is no darkness at all. 
We can trust in him. We can trust in his way and his plan. We don't, man, we're wicked. We have our self-interest. We have our own selfish uh, things that war within our soul. And therefore, we can't fully be trusted. We need someone outside of us who is holy and great. And that is God, the creator of heaven and earth. And he has established uh, uh, his, his rule, his reign, and his law, his dominion over the earth. And he expects man to follow that. But we can in our own, in our sinful condition. That's why he had to do something about it. He sent his son. Amen. And we'll talk about that a little bit. See, they, this, um, this final revived Roman Empire. So we're seeing that uh, mankind is trying to, to create its own system, its own government. It wants this revived Roman Empire is looking to create a one world government, one world currency, one world religion. This empire, as we have been seeing throughout our study of the book of Daniel, will be will be set up for the Antichrist, who will be one who will be a one world leader. Remember that little horn that we see coming up from the ten horns. He uproots three of them. Uh, That is the Antichrist, a physical person. Uh, We currently uh, from Daniel's uh, from excuse me, from John's writing. John, the apostle John wrote to the church, reminded them. That the spirit of Antichrist is already here. It's already here. We don't have to wait anymore. The spirit of Antichrist is here. But there's going to be an embodiment of that spirit in a person, a physical person, who will rule the entire globe. And it's going to be man's attempt, Satan's attempt, to be like God on the earth. And so we see uh, this happening. You know... One of the things I, I tried, my, I'm trying my, help, my best to help you. How, what does that mean, Pastor? How does that look like today? What, 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 what are we seeing formulate? How are we seeing? Well, um, we know that currently our, our government and other governments of the world are working on CBDCs, uh, Central uh, Banking uh, Digital Currency. They're working on these kinds of things right now. It sounds great. You know, I was having a conversation with someone and they said, man, you can... And, it, with these these type of uh, banking, if I want to send you money and you you are in I don't know let's just say Asia and I, uh, somewhere in Asia and I want to send you a thousand dollars right now I can hit a button and it'll be in your account within within seconds, kind of like when you do transfers within your own personal account, moving money from your saving to your checking, you can immediately move money. That sounds great. That sounds wonderful. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, there's nothing inherently evil about that particular. Situation, it's great. It's a wonderful uh, advancement in technology to be able to do that. But in the wrong hands, it's going to be deadly to humanity. In the wrong hands, uh, someone who doesn't think, who has their own biases and what they're trying to project into the world, but is not from a biblical worldview, is going to look to to say, you know what? Because you are not in the group think, because you are not thinking like the rest of the society, we you're not doing what we want you to do. You're not uh, abiding by our laws and ways, meaning in the sense of what we want man to think on. Then we can touch a button and stop your money and say you're not a good citizen. Or we can potentially, uh, you know, as they're going, you're uh, exceeding your carbon footprint on the planet. You know, just by what you buy. You buy too much meat. You're buying too much meat. Um I'm telling you, this is out there. Just open your eyes. Go and look. I mean, I believe right now uh, uh, the mayor of New York is looking to, to, to track people's meat consumption, how much meat they can buy. And, 
He really wants them to stop buying meat and eat bugs, basically. I mean, this is going on. Just got to open your eyes and go and look and research these things. They're out there. You see, this spirit of Antichrist is already in the world. It is, it is, a, it is an, a spirit of error. It is a spirit that is against Christ and his reign and his rule. And so, therefore, this spirit is working in people who are not Christians. They, they are influenced heavily by the spirit of this age, which is the Antichrist spirit. You wonder why we see the craziness that we see in our world. We see where people are confused. They don't even know what a man or a woman is. We, we, can't, we, we have young people who, who are being told that, no, your physical is not reality. It's what you think between your ears, what makes you what you think you are. So if you do not think that you are, your reality is you were born with male parts or female parts, uh, in your mind you can begin to say, you know what, that's not my reality. I can say what I want it to be. So then you begin to, to create this alternate reality, almost like you're watching a superhero movie, uh, a bizarro world. You're, you're creating your own world, and yet you're denying reality. And this is dangerous, and, and this is why uh, we see the, 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 the vitriol, the anger, and, and how they are when people confront them, because they're not, when people with truth come and say, you know, this is wrong, this is not how God made you. God made you wonderfully, and, and he, he gave you a body. And, and, and I know you're confused. I know there's something going on. Maybe something's broken. Let's pray. Let's believe God to deliver you. Let's talk about this. Let's get with someone that can help you. But no, what we're seeing, the pharmaceutical, pharmakia, uh, we see them. All they're doing is drugging up these people and, and changing their, they're trying to, in man's attempt, to change their, own, their reality by changing them with, all types of drugs and pharmakia, sorcery. They're using all sorts of sorcery to change people because what they want to think in their mind is their reality. And man, this is not what God wants man to be like. God wants man to be understand what reality is. God has made matter and matter is real. You know? He created you. He, you were fearfully and wonderfully made by God. You are image bearer. You understand Satan wants to destroy God's image in you. He wants to destroy that. And we as Christians, we carry the good news that, uh, that God wants to restore man to their proper place and to have a relationship with him forever and to live forever with him. But it, it's his way. It's not our way. And so uh, Daniel writes about this. Let's go to uh, 1 John about this Antichrist spirit. I want you to see this real quick, and we'll get back to our, th- our thing. Let me take a look at my time. Let's see here. What, what's my time saying? Okay. Looking good, looking good. Um, go with me to 1 John chapter 2, verses 18 through 16. Listen to this. John writes to the church. He says, Children, It is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out that it might become plain that they they all are not of us. Again, Oh, I got that wrong. 16 through 18. I apologize. 
Um, but anyway, John, uh, just where I want to go, 18, verse 18, I wanted you to see that, that John is writing this about this Antichrist spirit, meaning more false prophets. Uh, when, when someone's speaking falsely about Christ, they're a false prophet. They're operating under the spirit of Antichrist. They're not necessarily the physical person of the Antichrist that is to come in the end, but uh, they, they are uh, vessels of the spirit of the Antichrist in order to move his agenda on the earth, which really is God's agenda to bring all of this into a close, to bring it all into this. Because remember, Satan has no power that God does not give him or allow him to have. And so all of these things that are being formulated, God is allowing it to happen because he has a set plan and a time when everything is going to be wrapped up in this world. And he is going to, to make sure that everything is gone according to what he has spoken. Uh, look at chapter 4 of this same book of 1 John. I want you to look at chapter 4. I want you to see verses 2 and 3. Uh, 1 John chapter 4 verses 2 and 3. It says, By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and is now uh, and it, uh, and now is in the world already. In other words, we're not waiting for the Antichrist spirit. It's already in this world. It is already there to try to deceive mankind, to bring us away from the truth. You see, the Antichrist spirit is going to come close to the truth, but it's going to have a lie. Just like Satan lied in the garden to Eve when he said that God really say you cannot eat. He doesn't want you to be like him. And so we see this um, all throughout history, Satan at work trying to deceive. And let me, let me bring it close to home. I want to tell you that there, I believe that AI, artificial intelligence, is going to be a major part of the formulation of, the, of this fourth empire, the revived Roman Empire, the second part of this empire, I believe is going to be a part of that. You've got to understand that... Um, there is a plan for this, and uh, it is happening within our world. I believe this is part of that plan uh, because AI is going to be able to have control of everything. Can you imagine even now how we have smartphones, we have smart houses, you know, houses that operate all on the Internet. What, is, what does this world want you to be on the grid? They want you, everything to be electrical. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. So as everything can be electrical, then then everything can be controlled by an AI, by a system on the web. And it will have its tentacles everywhere. And so, in other words, this, this is a major concern. I want to uh, take you to an article real quick um, that was written by, uh, by The Guardian. And it says, The godfather of AI... Uh, Jeffrey Hinton quits Google and warns over dangers of misinformation. Hmm, interesting. I wouldn't call this person a, a uh, it, I, I don't know what his political affiliation is, but I, I, I would doubt that this person is, is thinking about politics here as much as he's talking about the dangers of this. Look, um, Look at what this uh, article says. This was written out in May 2nd, on Tuesday, May 2nd. It says, 
The man often touted as the godfather of AI has quit Google, citing concerns over the flood of misinformation. The possibility for AI to upend the job market and the existential risk posed by the creation of a true digital intelligence. Listen was this, Dr. Jeffrey Hinton, who was with, uh, who, with two of his students at the University of Toronto, built a neural net in 2012, quit Google this week as first reported by the New York Times. Hinton, 75, said he quit to speak freely about the dangers of AI and in part regrets his contribution to the field. He was brought on by Google a decade ago to help develop the company's AI technology and, and the approach he pioneered led the way for current systems such as ChatGPT. He told the New York Times that until last year, he believed Google had been a proper steward of the technology, but that, but that, changed, but that changed once uh, Microsoft started incorporating a chatbot into its Bing search engine, and the company began becoming concerned about the risk to its search business. Some of the dangers of AI chatbots were quite scary, he told the BBC warning they could become more intelligent than humans and could be exploited by bad actors. It's able to produce lots of text automatically so you can get lots of very effective spam bots. It would allow author authoritarian leaders to manipulate their electorates, uh, things like that. But he added he was also concerned about the existential risk of what happens when these things get more intelligent than us. He says... I've come to the conclusion that the kind of intelligence we're developing is very different from the intelli intelligence we have, he said. So, it, so it's as if you had 10,000 people and wherever one person learned something, everybody automatically knew it. And that's how these chatbots can know how, so much more than any one person. Man, interesting. Again, there's more. You can check out this article. But again, there are some major concerns people are getting at, uh, are, are talking about. Uh, Elon Musk as well as one who, who, who <laughs> I'm not going to quote him, but he, he basically said it scares the, you know, the heebie-jeebies out of him, right? He is completely uh, uh, the AI and where it's going. Uh, one of the fears, again, it's a, it's a big word, it's just a, a word, but it's singularity. They're concerned that it's, again, this is the concern that it's going to, uh, outsmart mankind, man. It, it's going to do its own thing. It's going to become its own self-organism, basically. Um, this is a concern about artificial intelligence. And this is where we're going. I mean, this is where things are going. You have to understand this. Why am I, why is a pastor in this little bitty church telling these people anything about what is happening? Why? Because you need to know. And God does not want you to be ignorant about the future. God wants you to know that he's already said what was going to happen. God already told you what is going to happen so that you can have his peace in the midst of everything that is going on. And so that we can be focused about doing his will, making disciples, no matter what is going on around us. Let's continue to carry out the Great Commission. Go proclaim and equip. Go out there and talk to your friends, talk to your coworkers, the people you meet. Share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ with them. They need to hear the good news. Um, so again, this is what I believe is going to happen, uh, in this moment. Um, how am I doing on time? 
Okay. And so I, I really want to, 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 to hit this, but I think we're going to come back to this uh, next week uh, when we get together. I want to talk about this final kingdom, man. This is, this is the one that we are waiting for as believers, not the fourth revived Roman Empire. We're waiting for the final kingdom, the one that's going to be an everlasting kingdom that will have no end. Praise God is the kingdom of Jesus Christ, the king of kings and Lord of lords. I want to get into that this uh, coming week. Uh, so, man, just be encouraged. You, the reason why are we sharing this? Why are we talking about this? Why is Daniel relevant for us today? What is important about the book of Daniel for us today? Well, it's important because we are able to get a glimpse of what God has already said and we can see within our time how what God has said is taking place within our very time and in those times to come. So uh, be encouraged. If you're a Christian, be encouraged. Don't be afraid. Don't be fearful of what is to come. Stand fast in what you know is true. Hold to the word of God. Don't let people, don't let the spirit of this age try to deceive you. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfect of your faith. Be faithful about uh, sharing the good news with your neighbor. Talk to them about Jesus. Share with your coworkers. The, your neighbors, people you come across, man, every day. There are people you're around every day that's, that either need to see Christ in you and, or hear of Christ from you. So remember to do that, man. And if you're lost and you're hearing this message and you don't know Christ and it's kind of alarming you, you're a little fearful of uh, Armageddon or the apocalypse, you know, and you're thinking, oh, my gosh, we're going to be like the sci-fi movie. Everything's going to be blown to bits and pieces. There will be people coming out. Let me, let me tell you something. It's going to be crazy, but the point of you seeing that and that fear is really to help you to look up. Don't let your pride keep you from seeking to know Christ. The Bible tells us if we repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, if we confess the Lord Jesus and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. Man, if that's you today, if you if you don't know Christ, if you if you have been just living your own way, but you came across this at this moment and God, the Holy Spirit is convicting your heart. Man, right now is the day of your salvation. You don't have to wait. You don't have to meet with me or anything, man. Just right there uh, where you are. Pull your car aside. If you're in your office, bow your head and just cry out to God. Save me. I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that God, you raised Jesus from the dead. And one day he's coming back as Pastor Danny was talking about here in Daniel chapter seven. As you've been selling uh, through all the prophets and the word of God that he is going to come back and set up his reign. And I want to be a part of that. Today, the Lord wants to save you. He wants to deliver you from your own sin, your own self-destruction. See, no one is good, man. No one is good. No, not one. I don't, 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 don't put yourself against someone else. You might be cleaner than the next person, but you're not cleaner than God. You're not cleaner than God's commandments. Those Ten Commandments make us all guilty because none of us are good enough to keep them. That's why we need a Savior. That's why Jesus came. That's why His blood was shed on, on that cross. And it's a bloody, it was a, it was a moment. That's, that's all, how, how, how much we, we deserve that death. But God, who is rich in mercy, sent His Son in the fullness of time to deliver us and save us from our own sin and destruction. And, and He doesn't want to send us to hell. He didn't, he didn't create hell for us. He created hell for Satan and his angels. God has created eternity for us to be with him and he wants you to be with him through his son would you just call on his name today would you would you just humble yourself it, it, there is no magic word just 
Humble yourself. Call on His name. And He'll save you. And He'll fill you with His Holy Spirit. And I would encourage you, get the Bible. Begin to read it. Let me know. Let us, let us know in the comments if, if God ministered to you, if the Holy Spirit touched your heart today. Let, let us know. We want to pray for you. We want to, I mean, if I can send you something, I will. Whatever I can to help you grow as a Christian, please let us know. We love you and we, and, and we say God bless you. We'll see you next time. God bless.